Need a little humor with your murder? Who doesn't, right? Join us, Dustin, Rex, and Josh on Evil Transgression. Evil Transgression is a true crime comedy podcast that covers lesser known cases that haven't been talked about a million times over. From the most dangerous inmate to the worst friends and even death by firing squad. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Hey guys, welcome to episode 18 of Unethical Podcast. Not taking heed to the warning. The part of Christy will be played by Brie Allen today, and we're going to be discussing Danish serial killer Peter London. Welcome to Unethical Podcast. So to start with, thanks so much to Nancy. She's a fan of the page. She recommended this case to me. So this is our first serial killer. And it's one I wasn't familiar with. So it made researching it like a total roller coaster. So the majority of the resources for this particular case are in Danish. And my Danish is pretty rusty since I never learned Danish. <laughs> so the... <laughs> So the information is like literally everything I could find. So it is a little bit longer than usual, just because I was like, you know, it's so much less compared to other cases. I'll just put it all in here. Might as well. Right. Okay. So here we go. Peter Kenneth Bustrum Luden. It's fucking Danish. I don't know how to pronounce this shit. What? What's a Danish accent sound like? I'm going to try it after. Keep going. It's like Bostrum. I don't know. Bullstrom? It's, it's, Bullstrom. it's like up, not down, like German. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's backwards German. Okay. Kind of. Yes. It's nicer German. It, yes. Yeah. Kind of. It's strange. It's very weird. Anyway, so Peter Kenneth Bostrom London London was born in Denmark to war veteran Ole London and German attractive lady termed homemaker Anna Schaffner in 1972. So Ole and Anna met while Ole was stationed in Germany, and they eventually got married, and Ole built them a house. But unfortunately, he got hit with a blood clot in 1979, which left him unable to work for a period, and their house was foreclosed on. So the family moved from Denmark into the United States when Peter was nine years old, and they ended up running a motel in Florida. So at least we know that Anna is safe, because motel children never kill their mothers in real life. (laughs) i feel like this is a this is a movie <laughs> yeah i, I just uh, i'm picturing like a little nine-year-old kid Bates with a Danish accent and i i think this guy's cute now he, but i'm sure he's going to change from being cute to not fucking cute very soon so <laughs> <laughs> so by the late 1980s the family had moved to north carolina but Ole decided that he was going to leave Anna and move out to Los Angeles with Peter to try to make it in Hollywood. That's a lie. I don't know why. Apparently people move to Los Angeles for other reasons. I have found out. So he moved there for a different reason. So over the next year, the two would move to Boston and Miami and Ole would then get back together with Anna. 
And Peter was now 14 years old. The family's back together. He's working in a restaurant as well as attending school. But on his 16th birthday, he dropped out of school and began working as a bricklayer with dear old dad. Oh, God. Oh, family so- business. No, his dad's name is old. That's funny. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Bricklaying's a, uh, such an old job. Like, it seems like an old man <laughs> job. It doesn't seem like a 16-year-old kid job. It's just awkward to me, you know? Maybe in the like, 80s? I don't know. No, it's true. It's it, I'm sure there's 16-year-olds today dropping out of high school being bricklayers. Just I can't picture Proud it. Labor, I just man. picture a guy with yeah, I just picture a guy with like a big uh gray mustache doing it. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So with all the new free time that Peter had on his hands, he decided to try being a cocaine junkie and smoking a lot of weed. And he took to it pretty well. So when his family moved yet again back to North Carolina, he decided that laying bricks was for suckers, and he enrolled back into the local high school to sell weed to his classmates. Nobody saw this coming. The kid who dropped out comes back (laughs) with like a big bag of weed, and they're like, "Uh, yeah, you just could go to physics again. Like, yes, physics. Can I join chemistry as well? And they're like, sure. I think he dropped out of school in Miami. Oh, so it's a different town. Yeah. I gotcha. The family deteriorated rapidly over the next five years. Peter and Ole had bonded during their father-son journey, and they celebrated their relationship by mercilessly ganging up on the family matriarch, Anna. So Ole had been a bit of a brutish drunk for a long time, but Peter and Ole really enabled one another. To be fair, Anna wasn't exactly a saint herself. She was kind of an overbearing German woman. So... It is at this point that I must confess to you that I lied. Motel kids do murder their mothers in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So allegedly in April of 1991, Anna wanted 19-year-old Peter to cut his long hair. And Peter didn't like that idea. Yeah, fuck that. No, he didn't. Yeah, I know, right? Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. No way, mom. Dude, it's the 80s. I got to look like I have a motorcycle, even though I don't have one. Right. Beat it. (laughs) That's right. So Anna, scissors in hand, was ready to fucking go. And he decided that rather than enter into the years long battle of a mother and her son not wanting to hide his pretty face from the world, he would simply strangle her to death. Seems like the obvious choice. Yeah. When I told my mom to go fuck herself, I just told her to go fuck herself and went to my room. I didn't like fuck kill her. No. Uh, well, I'm sure that came back to bite you eventually. <laughs> I didn't grow up in a hotel kid, though. I wasn't a hotel kid, so I think I... Big maybe difference. That, yeah, I got a bedroom to slam the door. It's not like Kimmy couldn't just go to the bathroom stall and like slam the shower curtain. I don't want to talk to you, Mom! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was a dental... I was a uh dentist kids so there oh. are plenty, plenty of things. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> vicious <laughs> fucking savage over here i did not Good use God. them though thought about it though i will give you a root canal mom if you don't fuck off <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys so the consensus seems to be that ol was not involved in the altercation but he did help peter to wrap his wife in a blanket cover her with trash bags and seal her 
shroud with tape and rope and then dispose of Anna's body by burying her on the beach of Cape Hatteras. Hold up. He killed her? I mentioned that. <laughs> I thought he just choked no, her. No, he killed straight up. Killed his mother. Dead. So, so we're talking about a guy who kills people. <laughs> that was... That missile was like going. And then I thought, you know, she's going to like be in the hospital next. And we were going to hear from her. No. And no, but she's so buried much. on beach. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, what you said, barrier at the beach? Like he literally cut, dug up the beach or he just threw her at the beach? Yeah. No, he buried her in a dune on the beach. And so she was discovered the following November because the sand had been gradually swept out to sea. And then her body was exposed. I oh, see. fuck. Genius plan. What a dumbass. I know. I was like, uh, okay. As soon as you said a sand dune on a beach, yeah. I was like, nope, that's coming down. Yeah. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I ain't gonna fly, man. Wait, wait. It's not a long wait, 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 wait. He killed her. <laughs> have you guys heard about this bar in the Yukon? They have a mummified. <laughs> Uh, you did it <laughs> what liquor do they put in that drink in the it's bar whiskey it's got to be whiskey it's whiskey yes it's got to be canadian whiskey yeah okay oh whiskey without the e gotcha or with the e sorry whiskey with, with the e uh okay <laughs> right one has an e and one doesn't i don't know one's we'll look one's got later. an eh it's canadian whiskey like you said that was good i like it, <laughs> I, I like it celeste <laughs> Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, Anna was actually planning to leave Ole and go back home to Germany before this happened, and she was going to move back in with her folks. But when she never showed up or reached out, her family reported it to the authorities after a few months. So they didn't have any real evidence. There was no body. The Londons had been a transient family up to this point anyway, and they easily could have just bailed. So nothing came of that. But when her body was discovered, they had her name on hand and her family's report, which included whor uh, her whore, which included her <laughs> immigration papers that had her fingerprints and they were able to match her. So despite having fled to Canada, which was a place, by the way, that Ole was very familiar with because he was actually a veteran of the Canadian military. Really? He went there because the U.S. military would not let them keep dual citizenship with Denmark and the Canadian military would. And this was him and his brother. His brother died in combat. Okay. Ole's yes. brother? Oh, are we his talking dad, like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask a dumb question. Yeah, ask a dumb question. Transient, meaning like someone who moves around? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. like a gypsy. Yeah. Okay. Same day. Okay. Oh, he's a Danish gypsy. <gasps> okay. Fantastic. Danish okay. gypsy. Did you? Do you think you carnival? Barked? I'm with you. You were using big words. I'm sorry. It's. I think he grade. laid bricks. No, no, I know. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Not pipe. <Yeah. laughs> I think he laid bricks in German women. Let's move yeah. on. Okay. Next. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So they were they were located in a hotel room in Toronto in 1992 in June of 1992. And so this was the following year after Anna was murdered and they were both arrested. So Peter was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Interestingly, this is despite that the state actually only recommended six years. The judge had an inkling, I guess, but Peter did eventually appeal that down to 15 years and Ole was sentenced to two years as his accomplice. 
And so both men served their time in the United States, but were ordered to be deported back to Denmark upon their release. So Ole completed his sentence quietly and was deported back to Denmark. But let's get into Peter in prison a little bit. So in 1994, two years into his sentence, Peter did a TV interview with a Danish program from prison. And during the program, he behaved very erratically and he painted his face half black and half white and repeatedly kept saying that he wanted to taste Denmark. (laughs) Fuck. What is it? He got face paint in prison? I guess. Was it poopy? Is that like, like I don't even want to know. What they I, I don't know. Maybe they sent a makeup gal and he was like, do you just have a tin of black? And she's like, why? Yes, I do. They probably like dried out like buckets of piss for the white <laughs> and then like buckets <laughs> of shit for the black side. I don't think so. I saw it and it looked like Halloween makeup. It looked legit. Someone baked a cake with makeup in it. The States is very liberal about prisoners conducting interviews because it's good PR for them. Anyway, so that in itself is kind of interesting. But what's really interesting about this interview is that a Swedish psychiatrist actually watched a copy of the interview and assessed London with the psychopathy checklist. And the psychopathy checklist is a common tool used by forensic psychologists to assess inmates and determine risk. So London scored... 39 out of a possible 40 on the psychopathy checklist. Yikes. That's the highest I've ever heard. That is the same as Bundy. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the highest. uh, Crazy. What did he miss? Like, oh, I didn't eat them. That's it. Like, I just didn't eat them. I don't have his results. I wish I did. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't take that extra step. Yeah. I would have eaten them. I could have got a 40. I just didn't do it. Fuck. Sorry, man. I didn't get my the 40. dad came home. I was, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later because <laughs> oh, you might be on something. Oh, great. Yeah. So this score would not change anything. Uh, even if he had been considered for parole early, if that had been part of his sentence, he couldn't have been kept behind bars any longer than the 15 years that he was sentenced. So This unnerving performance of his didn't stop droves of women proposing to him behind bars. I do not understand that. Me neither. Doesn't make any fucking sense. I get the appeal if they're lifers, but if you know they're getting out, you're fucking nuts. What's the appeal in a lifer, Celeste? (laughs) Yeah, because it's danger, but safe danger. You know how, you know, it's a, it's a icebreaker. Yeah. Like my, my husband, I married a, you know, notorious serial killer, Charles Manson behind bars, but he's never getting out. And it's not like, you know, you're ever really at risk, but you're, Hey, you did something with no, but you still have to have conjugals. I don't know. Not in a federal. I, I thought your joke was going to be that I get to get married, have sex once a month, and then I never have to see him again. I thought that was the joke. Like, (laughs) I was like, I'm down. Let's do this. I think it's just people who like can't find somebody who you know isn't caged. True. So you know maybe it's just like the lack thereof. And it's the people who are like obsessed with the story and everything, right? Like there are people. I out don't there know. Who... The more I think about it, the less I understand. <laughs> There's a line like I would 100% buy one of Gacy's paintings or one of Manson's novels I would totally buy it and I would totally show it off I wouldn't bone them 
but it is just you know it's a couple steps higher to being willing to bone them but i mean technically that's better bragging rights well no well you can actually physically like show like look i have this painting you can't like physically be like look i boned a serial killer so i mean you tell well, me which if, one if you're look. as young as we are you could be like bam look oh it's his baby <laughs> i guess oh no yeah that's a scary but how do you prove it's his baby how do you prove it it's you know uh, what? it comes out and starts serial killing people at three years old i was gonna go i was gonna say 23 and me but <laughs> i suppose so <laughs> anyways sorry i just grossed out by people who want to fuck serial killers keep going to each their own yeah as long as they're not hurting anybody yeah so he was released in 1999 after serving only seven years. And this was because the prison was overcrowded and there were also flaws in the legal policy that didn't accommodate the overcrowding. So North, Car North Carolina was facing issues with a massive surge of inmates who were US Army veterans or active soldiers convicted on assault and murder charges coming from the large Fort Bragg military base located in North Carolina. And so a policy was introduced that all inmates convicted past a certain date would have their sentences reduced by half. And there was no option to have them transferred out of state where there was room because the law just didn't allow it. Ship them off to the Canadian wilderness. I mean, fuck, they won't live long there. Give them the choice. You can get out early if we drop you somewhere dangerous and you have to survive, or you can serve your full sentence. Yeah, this is... I think that's a good ultimatum, especially for a murdering dickwad. Like, you know what I mean? Right. If you're a piece of shit murderer, you can. Why can't you be put into the desert? Like, we're letting you live. You get to be free. You just have to earn it now. Right. We'll call it survivor. <laughs> Prison break. <laughs> Crossover. Here we go. I don't know. The U.S. government is, un is unreasonable and never even considered it. I'm writing some letters. Good. I'm telling you right now, I'm starting a petition. <laughs> Yeah, so he was released, and he was then shipped off, escorted by four armed guards, which I think is pretty telling of how dangerous they know this guy is. And he was dropped off in Copenhagen. And he was released into the waiting arms of his wife, Tina, on June 4th, 1999. And so Tina is a woman that he married while he was in prison in 1996. Uh... Gross. And as far as I can tell, they only met one time at their prison wedding. Gross. I wonder if when she saw him and she was like, he's free now. Fuck. Like she had that like, <laughs> yeah. uh, the whole oh, fuck. I made the wrong yeah, choice. The appeal is <laughs> gone. Like the appeal was that like, I wonder if that crossed her mind or if she was very tickle pink to have him out. I don't know. I don't know. I, I assume she was into it. And I assume yeah. so because he moved in immediately with her, but not only her, she also had a teenage daughter. And I think that if Ooh. she what if she wasn't actually like really into it, why the fuck would she bring this dangerous ex-con into her home with her vulnerable daughter? Right. God, people are dumb. He's that's willing why. to kill his own mother. Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. Yep. Jesus. Yeah. But guess what? Now I'm gonna kill your mom too. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Promise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh. <laughs> uh 
so the two ended up having a child together. It was a boy named Nicholas. And shortly after Nicholas was born, the relationship ended predictably. Peter was removed from the home by police during an altercation where he was physically assaulting his wife and her daughter. Shocker. So Tina didn't press any charges and he was just told, hey man, like, don't you go back in that house. And he did not end up back in jail for this. Convicted, <laughs> convicted fucking felon off for half his time and he beats his wife and doesn't go, i don't know why i don't i don't even and stepchild did he convince her that they she beat herself up like edward norton in fight club nope okay i do know how this happened and i will tell you okay let's hear it <sighs> when peter was deported he was not placed under any form of parole when he arrived in copenhagen the u.s department of interpol informed the local police that he was a violent offender and he was recently released from prison for murder and that he had a reasonable likelihood of recidivism. And it made him unquestionably a dangerous ex-convict. But the local police looked into him, saw no previous incidents in Denmark, which is not surprising considering he hasn't lived there since he was nine. And they just decided not to monitor him, not to make any little notes in case he did get in trouble locally that, you know, hey, if you do happen to arrest this guy, he has this past like nothing just nada nothing in the system on him they were just like whatever how many nine-year-olds fucking murder people and shit like that as far as i know one i can only think of one murderer that was under the age of like 11 right so of course you're not gonna freaking find anything on them i i just don't know if this is danish people being uh not danish people danish government being lazy or is this just like they looked at him, they went, you know what? He got married. He's a good guy. I, I don't fucking know. I don't get it. He murdered someone. How is that not transfer over to the next country? How do you not just go like in America? I guess you murder people all the time. So it's just common America. So come back over. I know you won't do it here. Like what? Right. You don't carry the red flag over with yeah, you. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. I so think it weird. would be different if, if he had committed the crime in Denmark, because then they have the headlines, they know about the case, they were close yeah. to it, they experienced it as a society. But realistically, he's just a file. They have no actual emotional response to this guy. And so I think they were just lazy about it, because they were like, well, I don't care. Yeah, it makes you think how many other murderers got like released from America and shipped back to other countries and just they're like, no, you know what? You're good. Don't worry about it. And Isn't this just... like half the problem with the Mexican cartel is that they go to prison here for doing their shit and then we send them back to Mexico and then they just go and fucking murder people? Like... Yeah, I don't, I, maybe, I guess so. I don't know. That's a new thing you just brought up to me right now. I'm going to go with yes because you're very passionate about it. <laughs> <laughs> The good Mexicans deserve better. I love Mexican culture. Pisses yeah, me, me off. But you would think being a, a being in the Danish government, having someone come in who is a murderer, you would be like, hey, we should keep our eyes on that guy. If he's coming from a place that has like umpteen million people versus our population, we should probably, you know, you'd put a watchdog so. on that. Maybe it's just because he only killed his mom. Maybe they were, you know, like, Lots of people have mommy issues and they were kind of like, well, understandable. And they just. <laughs> I would be better off if like he killed some stranger. I would be like, oh, it was just a stranger. His mom. I'm like, holy fuck. Like shit, dude, that's a connection. That's because you like your mom. The booking guy could have been like, 
I wish I would have killed my mom. Good for you. High fived him, smacked him on the ass, said, Get out there and you live. I do not think, yeah, I do not think it would have been better if he killed a stranger because how many pe- how many strangers do nine year olds know? Come on now. It'd be his teacher or like the janitor at a school. You know what I mean? Like someone probably who didn't deserve it. I mean, I'm not saying his mom deserve it, but like to him. If they think of it like a family dispute, if he'd killed a stranger, it's kind of like, oh no, all of the people that are a stranger to him are the people I'm supposed to be protecting. Not like, true story. well, it was just a family thing. It was a spat. You know, those German women, they can be very trying. Like it. Yeah, I guess you can twist it in that way too. So I don't know about that I didn't, one. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't. They just, they just didn't. They didn't even put like a little, little flag, little like check this box for possible threat. Nothing. Yeah, that... What year was this? This was. Uh, he was released in 1999. Peter moved into a men's home in a different neighborhood of Copenhagen, and he immediately began frequenting a local brothel. It's not a broth hole. It's not a broth hole. A broth hole is where you make a broth hole is where you make dumplings. Anyways, keep going. Uh, so yeah, in Denmark, brothels are just like on every street, which is cool. Um, just the thing. But during one of his visits, he met a worker named Marianne Peterson. And Marianne is like actually like really fucking cool, in my opinion. She was 36. She was retired, quote, retired, and she had been widowed the previous year. So her late husband was an artist, and to make money, the two had started a massage parlor where she worked. (laughs) And while she was running the massage parlor and her husband was painting, they actually managed to raise two sons together as well. And these boys were named Dennis and Brian. But despite how cool she is, Peterson done goofed up. That's Marianne. Marianne done goofed up and she took up romantically with Peter, who was now 27. So nearly 10 years, her junior. And I will say Peter was a very good looking guy, like actually very, very handsome. And um, I would recommend just taking a second to look at his picture. He could have had any girl he wanted. This was a strategic move on his part. Um, how many uh, hand jobs or blow jobs do you have to give in order to retire? <laughs> <laughs> I would say about 300,000. Wow. She's a master. She's a masturbator, in fact. <laughs> Anywho. What little was known about the relationship was that Peter had sticky fingers for Marianne's Marianne's things. Marianne. Sticky buns? He had sticky hands for her sticky buns? Okay, probably. So Peter had sticky fingers for her things, (laughs) her stuff, and that he was frequently violent with her, surprising no one. In July of 2000, less than a year after Peter and Marianne had met, Marianne's adult stepson suddenly could no longer get in contact with them. And so he went to their home where he found a note saying that they were on vacation. But it didn't sit right with him because the wording of the note seemed off and he couldn't reach any of them on their cell phones. And I don't know if you remember cell phones in 2000, but they were indestructible. The batteries lasted 30 days and 30 nights. You could use your Nokia 3310 to pound a nail in and then play snake for 18 hours. If her stepson at any point thought to himself, maybe they're just dead, he was not talking about the cell phones. 
<laughs> yes, I, I, a friend of mine ran over one of those LG flip phones with a car, not a scratch on the thing. Hell yeah. Done that. Still have the Nokia actually just found it the other nice. day. The Nokias will outlive us all. <laughs> Pretty sure. It's kind of like Keith Richards. I'm not a fan. Can someone explain to me? Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> There's too many names in the world. You know, everyone's got one. i love you (laughs) love you too man so her adult stepson whose name i don't know (laughs) decided to go in the house and see what was up when he entered the house he noticed that everything seemed out of place the furniture had been moved away from the walls and the house was a mess despite the fact that marianne was as good at keeping house as she was at happy endings which was very good (laughs) obviously (laughs) 300,000 later. (laughs) Absolutely. And so he did notice that there was a foul smell in the house and he tracked the smell around, checking both bathrooms and noticing that both of the toilets were full of vomit and not flushed. So, you know, a woman hasn't been around. And he eventually found that the source of the smell was coming from the basement. Oh God. And he didn't check the basement. I don't blame him. I would not either. No, that's what horror movies are made of. You don't do that. Not today, Satan. Not today. (laughs) Hey, wait, wait, wait. Did he kill her? (laughs) Oh, no. I'm nervous. (laughs) Is that what the smell was? Where are we? I wish I was a tree. California. No. Okay. Denmark. God damn it. I have not left. We're joking. Anywhere. Okay. We started in California, right? No. We started, started in Denmark. Too, we started actually. in Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. Okay. It's been a day. Uh, Superman with his Spider-Man shaped dick. Yes. All things <laughs> relative to Tally's brain. Okay. So the stepson reported the missing to the police and the police responded quickly. So, um, yeah. So they responded quickly and they investigated the house. So they found several bloodstains during the search, none of which were large or obvious enough to be noticed at first glance. So there was blood in Marianne's bed and between the bathroom tiles in one of the bathrooms. There was also blood in her car. And most disturbingly, Richard. Her butt crack. On a. (laughs) (laughs) In his butt crack. Yes. (laughs) And that's why you should shave your butt hair wax okay there was but there's blood in his butt crack no there was blood in no one's butt crack oh god you confused me i thought she caught it and that's why you're like what the fuck how did you get that all right no most disturbingly richard you got me on the edge of my seat disturbingly richard there was blood on a cutting board and inside the blender in the kitchen oh for fuck's sakes why do people want to eat things i fucking hate why blended fuck I don't know that he did right. eat it. He may have just blended some stuff so that he could like flush it down the toilet, maybe. Oh, but mm. I don't know. But there was vomit in both of them. He doesn't know how to flush. So I'm he probably ate it. Anyway. So he was like freaking oh out the whole God. time. He's chopping away. Bleh, chopping away. Bleh. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you said there was vomit, right? Did I hear that right? Yeah, there's vomit in both. <laughs> both bathrooms. Now, did he bacon wrap it? I don't know. You could ask him if you would like. He's currently not married, and so he would be very happy to get another wife. So, 
Ooh, I can write letters. There you go. Just throw it out there. He, fried human is probably much better than blended. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Well, with he could have just like like he if he didn't have a sausage grinder to make something, he could have just made like some ground beef, ground human. Wonder. My God, I, like oh my God. yourself. If you're gonna eat anyone, eat your own body parts. Don't be a psycho and eat somebody else's. He Come wasn't on. missing a leg. What is he yeah. supposed to do? Chop off his own leg. Don't kill people. Chop off a that leg. That hurts. Hungry. It, it right. hurts a lot less to kill other people. Stay awake on unisoms. You won't feel a thing. Again, I feel like we're getting onto the wrong lessons here. Okay, don't yeah. do that. Can I get off track for a second and just know what unisoms is? It's a sleep aid. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so. Most of the blood in the house was concentrated in two areas, the basement and the garage. So witnesses told the police that they'd last seen the family with Peter and that he had been in and out of the house the past few days cleaning things out. And so the police went and paid Peter a little visit at his men's home where he was living. And he said that Marianne had told him that they were on vacation and he was supposed to be painting their house while they were away. And that's why he'd been moving things in and out. And that's why all the furniture had been pulled away from the walls. And so they conducted a search of his home and I don't know exactly what they found, but what they found was enough that he was arrested two days after they were reported missing. So the police had determined from their search that Marianne and her two sons had been murdered in the house and then dismembered. Despite Peter's efforts to clean up after himself, there was human tissue and blood underneath just about everything. And they could determine from the evidence that one victim was dismembered in the basement and that two were dismembered in the garage. And so an angle grinder was used in the process, but I don't know if you know what that is, but it's the thing they use to sand down like welded corners to make them smooth. It doesn't cut. It does. Well, it shouldn't. It it cuts. You can cut. You're telling them. me one of those is gonna cut through a bone. Oh fuck yeah! There's two different kinds of blades you put on it. One's a grinding blade, and one's a zip cut blade. Zip cut blades will cut through damn near anything. But I thought it was. I thought it had like protectors, and it had to be flat. <laughs> protectors are for people who don't feel like ripping off protectors. Uh, right. I do that all the time with my tools. I my old tools anyway. They're ripped them off just because it's easier to work with like yes you can hurt yourself and yes they put them in but i mean if you need to get doing something and you're not at a workplace i'm not going to say i've done anything unsafe ken leeway if you listen to this but what i am going to (laughs) say what i am going to say is that uh it makes your life a little easier to pull those fuckers right off because they don't they're not hard to get off and you can definitely even with without the zip cut blade with the grinding blade you can for sure still cut something no problem it's just the grinding blades better for polishing and smoothing but if that's when you come at it like straight at it a zip cut will cut through anything the grinding blade will cut through most things it's a very dangerous piece of equipment for sure i went to welding school and used one every day for a year yeah yeah, it'll cut damn near anything i've never gone to welding school and i cut myself with a raw uncooked fettuccine noodle (laughs) (laughs) her i trust just not you guys okay Okay, so, well, regardless, it didn't cut enough, I guess. So uh, they found 100 marks on the floor, about 100 marks on the floor of the garage that were made from an axe being brought down forcefully. They also discovered a freezer in a shed on the property, and it had been cleaned out, but there was still traces of blood because he sucks at cleaning. Obviously. So three weeks after he was arrested, Peter started talking. 
He told the police that he woke up in the middle of the night on June 16th to the sound of screams coming from the basement. So he rushed down to find that Marianne had stabbed both her sons to death while she was having a bad trip. And she was then in and out of consciousness from the drugs and he began to hit her, not with the intent of hurting her, but because he was angry and confused and he was trying to get her alert to tell him what happened. Uh, After he'd calmed down, Marianne was unconscious on the floor and eventually she just died there. So he claimed that the reason he didn't call the police was because he assumed he wouldn't be believed. Just because he killed someone one time doesn't mean that he kills all the people that die around him. (laughs) But the justice system is biased. So instead, he dismembered them and disposed of their remains. And predictably, the police didn't believe him. So if that was what had happened, he would have been right to do what he says he did. Are those his kids? Are those are those his sons? No. Or Marianne? No, okay. those are Marianne's kids. What kind of drugs was she on? Um, I don't know for sure. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go with bullshit, but okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's true at all. And even if it is true, uh you've went about this the most improper way ever. Like the cops aren't gonna believe you. Okay, well then don't chop them up into bits. I don't know what to tell you. Like that makes you look like a psycho. If you're not if you're <laughs> Like put it this way, if you if someone you found someone dead in your house and you were like an ex-criminal and then you decided like fuck they're never gonna believe me, is the first thing you're gonna do is like let's get the zip cut out or the fucking grinding thing and just get blood right. everywhere, rip them apart. They'll never ca- they'll let's they'll touch believe- them. If they catch me now, they'll definitely believe me. It doesn't make sense. It's such a dumb story. This is yet three weeks to come up with that story. That's terrible. Keep going. Right. I thought that's why he took the three weeks. I was like, okay, well, he's gonna come up with a decent story. It's a terrible story. Very terrible. Well, I don't agree. It wasn't what happened because on October 10th, Peter confessed good enough. He confessed in that was consistent with enough of the evidence that it was, oh, it was, it was okay. So he told police that he had caught Marianne flirting with another man on the phone and he began to attack her on her bed, which is consistent. That is where blood was found. The right. boys then tried to interfere. And so he broke all three of their necks because he is tough as nails and all he needs are his hands. So the evidence didn't really corroborate that version, obviously, because it's unlikely that he broke all their necks at all, like the action heroes do. And at least one of them was killed in the basement, not the bedroom. But either way, he admitted to killing them. So why fix necks that ain't broke? <laughs> uh, thank you for that. I like You're that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So on June 19th, three days after the day that he says they died, London was seen buying an axe, rubber gloves, plastic bags, and cleaning solution at a local mall. I assume from different places because it was a mall. Um, And I feel like that would have raised some flags. So he used the axe to dismember the bodies and he put them in garbage bags to be picked up with the trash. It's also possible because there was blood in the vehicle that he drove some of the parts to other waste containers in the area. But no trace of their bodies has ever been recovered, and it is assumed that they were incinerated with the trash. Yeah. So cremation. A uh, less respectful form of cremation, yes. Yeah, that's not how you do it. It's not usually that stinky. <laughs> that stinky. Sorry, that's how I mean. we do it up here in Whole Tire, so it's... Uh... I, I believe that. Is that true? <laughs> I once... I, I hate telling this story, but I once saw black smoke on my way home and it was coming from this one side of the town. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I was like being all superhero. So I drove over there and was like, I'm going to report this to the police. 
So I went over there. Yeah, apparently we have a crematorium. <laughs> so when I saw the gurney <laughs> and the garage door open and the black smoke going up, I was like, I'm out. I'm done. Ain't nothing more I can do. Are you sure? <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Are you sure it was a crematorium or you just pulled up and some creepy guy saw you and he's like, it's a crematorium. And then you're like, oh, okay. See you later. He's hey, like, oh, thank God. I almost got caught. <laughs> I can a hundred percent say it was a crematorium because I physically got out of my vehicle, went to the door, opened it. And when I walked in on the table, like there was a desk there and it said like, blah, blah, crematorium. Yeah. And then it had someone's name and like shit. And I was like, oh, I gotta go. I have, a, I have one quick question. Follow up on this. Did it smell? Did it, was there a type of smell when you got there? It was horrific. Yeah, that's gross. Absolutely horrific. That's what I've heard. I did not expect. You that. know what you got right there? You got a uh, burnt human particle in your nostrils. Good for you. That why? That's why you look so youthful. It's basically stem cells. Yeah, she's she's sixty six years old. <laughs> <laughs> Bathing in virgin blood. I'll just go stand outside the crematorium and huff. I'm not going to say that I went there every week after, but you know, we can, we can tell happened. you did just by looking hey, at you. It's a weird horror movie idea, right? Where they just, somebody finds out if you sniff fucking corpse dust, you'd stay young. Oh God. <laughs> just go in and steal in yeah. urns and just like, <laughs> man, you look yeah. great. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Do you have any dead relatives? Can I sniff them? <laughs> Would you mind? Just just cut up a line yeah. there for me, That's will you? It's a fun, weird way to <laughs> fountain of youth. Somebody found the fountain of youth a long time ago and just keeping it secret from us. <laughs> okay, so despite the advice of his lawyer, who, in, who instructed him to plead guilty to manslaughter, Peter decided that he was going to take it to trial. So at trial the following March, Peter decided to stick to his story about breaking their necks because that's very important. But now he was claiming that he's just so damn powerful that their necks didn't stand a chance and it was an accident. And the jury did not buy that. But the jury was unlikely to believe anything since the case had been so sensationalized in the media that they had undoubtedly formed their opinions long before the trial began. So he was found guilty of intentional murder and deliberate manslaughter, I believe it's called. And he was also convicted of theft for those sticky fingers. <laughs> but I, I don't know, just might as well. What else was sticky? <laughs> uh, well, yuck. So the prosecutor pushed for life in prison and the defense asked for 16 years. Guess which one he got? 16 years Lesser. is my guess, 16. yeah. He was sentenced to life in prison after oh, shit. 10 minutes of deliberation between the three county judges and the jurors, which makes a total of 24 unanimous votes. Thank fuck. Decent. Good job. That's like the the shortest deliberation. Yeah, me too, I've ever I think, heard. actually. 10 minutes. For sure. sure. Hands they down. They probably the just all walked yep. in, high-fived each other, and was like, yep, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't touch each other. They didn't say a word. They all just fucking looked at each other like around the room you know just like everyone shifts eyes to the next person everyone yep. does a nod and then they right. all leave yeah. thank god <laughs> sign seal delivered okay so we're gonna try this again are you wondering what happened to dear old dad ha <laughs> oh thank you it's all i wanted fun and fun 
intended. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, my son? Why are you killing girls? Why are you killing little boys with your neck strength? You know you cannot get your neck strength out. You, I told you to keep that bottle. <laughs> you are a maniac with your neck. I don't even know what I'm doing. Okay, so that was like Swedish, yeah. which then went to Indian, yeah. which then went to Italian. I told you, I don't do accents. <laughs> I think it's more like, oh, my dear. Yeah, that's much closer. <laughs> Murdered someone. You never should murder That's them. That's much closer, yes. Yeah, like that. I told you, I don't nailed do accents. It. Yeah. Fucking nailed it. I don't do it. accents, but I, all I got to do is like think of a movie. Okay, <laughs> let me guess what the dad did. Can I guess? Can I guess once quickly? Sure. sure. He went back, yes. when he got back to, to Denmark, he found an oddity shop, bought a didgeridoo and took didgeridoo lessons. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Christy's gonna hate you. <laughs> All right, sorry. What did da- what did Dad do? What did Dad do? Sorry, my fault. He wasn't found to be involved with the murders or the disposal, but he did have in his possession a number of Marianne's belongings and also an axe with blood on it. For some reason, weird. And so he was slapped with four months prison time in two thousand and two. Because simply the implication of him having these things was severe enough, even though there was no way to prove it. So we'll bring this one home. There is currently a movement that's been going strong for the past 20 years to have a special dispensation made to sentence Peter to death. There is no death penalty in Denmark. Peter has since changed his name twice to things I cannot pronounce. And he has since married two more women from behind bars, one named Marianne, which creeps me out. And he was married to her for 11 days and another named Bettina, which is a fat girl name. And he was married to her for eight years. So I'm going to add one more turn to these tables. I managed to find an English translation of a Danish podcast that provided a convincing argument and timeline that suggested that. After the murder of Anna, before they wound up in Canada, Ole and Peter went on a little cross-country cruise where the bodies of murdered prostitutes kept popping up wherever they went. And it's possible they were responsible for these murders as well, but they were never prosecuted or even pursued in connection with any of these murders. And so it is entirely just speculation. There is not a well of evidence that this happened. There's just some coincidences that really provided fuel to the fire of the people. So the point of this whole thing is, the political scene in Denmark was up in arms about this case. Mariana and her boys might still be alive if the authorities in Denmark had heeded the warning about Peter from Interpol and monitored him. So he should have been arrested after the first incident with Tina and her daughter, but he wasn't. Under normal parole circumstances, Uh, at least up here, ex-cons are required to have all romantic partners report to the parole officer so that they can be regularly checked on to ensure their safety. This obviously wasn't the case. And so they have no way of knowing what he got up to before. Um, And he's clearly into murdering people. And like he fucks it up when he's having a temper tantrum, but maybe he's actually really good at it when he doesn't know the people you know, so having, maybe they needed to take a little bit of a closer look at some of these unsolved murders nearby at the time, but. No, they never will. They never will. That's the sad part because uh, uh, sex workers are called the, the less than dead or whatever. What's the, what's the term for that? Yeah. The, 
not hu- no human involved yeah and they they fucking they won't even look uh, into it because they don't give a fuck and that's the sad part he they probably did honestly because he seems way too comfortable with killing uh in general and that's sh- that's a that's an acquired skill that's not a, and i say skill very loosely it's not a fucking skill but it's an acquired taste uh it's not something you just do and then you're like oh i can bury a body like usually it's at first one's in panic and a lot of fucked up shit happens you get better as you go uh so i i i'm probably on the board just from what hearing what this guy was like that he probably him and his dad probably did go across country and his dad probably mm-hmm. didn't help with the last murders but he definitely was part of something if he's hiding bloody axes no problem but his dad was abusive no yes to towards anna very much so but there's no evidence that he ever was towards peter no but so he's abusive towards women so that's already a known fact so going into the fact that they might have traveled across country and you have a murderer for a son and you're kind of an abusive guy to begin with i mean you're kind of laying out the groundwork for what's going to happen next right now yeah a big commonality with all these serial killers is a, a abusive childhood so i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if he was beaten and stuff too it's just not as reported as as you would right. know because of their transient lifestyle and them being immigrants and Gypsy. uh yeah so uh gypsy, Danish gypsies Danish and gypsies. Russian carnival uh, barkers all over this shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I, I feel uh, I feel mostly bad for all the sex workers that had to deal with this shit with these douchebags. Uh that that lady who had the massage parlor sounded like quite the entrepreneur entrepreneurial lady with her two kids and uh I like her too. Celeste just from what she told and she gave a th- she gave out a, a third of a million hand jobs to get where she was you know and he just comes i mean that takes skill alone yeah the calluses and just dedication think of the, calluses. Think of the carpal tunnel right? yeah exactly yeah. jesus uh i i what the fuck with the, the i i don't like how people okay let's put it this way if i got in a car and nobody inspected the car and everyone just let me drive around a defective car because they didn't feel like checking the car. The person who made the car would be in trouble. It's the same thing as these fucking border agent people. None of them get charged. None of them get in trouble or anything at all for just like being negligent. Like that is negligence at its max. This guy here, uh, just from beating Tina that once could have been back in jail, uh, probably for the rest of his sentence, at least, or whatever they had arranged from his early release. And that would have been the end of this. Right. They blame everything on the criminal and they don't blame anything on themselves, not taking heed to the warning mm-hmm. that they were fucking given flat out saying like, hey, you know, this guy's kind of dangerous. And they were like, oh, we're good. It's good, guys. Yeah. Multiple warnings. Like, you know, it's like th- three, four, five. I don't know. Too many. And here's the other side, too, is I specified this is the political scene that blew up with these accusations against the Danish government. Yeah. The people actually hold the U.S. government responsible. They blame the U.S. for sending him back in the first place. Yes, they like to skirt around the whole him being an actual Danish citizen thing when they're throwing around their accusations, but they're acting like the new, like the that the U.S. literally dropped a nuke on them. Like this was an attack that they sent over this killer to kill their people yeah. um, because he should have been behind bars when the triple murder 
uh, when the triple murder occurred. He should have still been serving his sentence. This was a very right. short period of time later. He was only released because they didn't take steps to ensure that all of the offenders were actually serving their time. And there was no process to his release. There was no appearing before a parole board that had that psychopathy checklist results in hand, for example, you know, before he was just let out. And then he was also reunited back in Denmark with his equally shitty person of a father. Uh, personally, I, I hold most of the blame with the U.S. government because he, sh- he should have been behind bars. He should have been behind bars when this happened. I understand if he was behind bars for a nonviolent crime, but how can you release a murderer before his time is up? So was he a Danish citizen or was he a Danish American citizen? He had dual citizenship. He did. Okay. I'm going to go with, uh, this is like a long chain of fuck ups and yes, for sure. The, uh, yeah. uh, Americans should not have let him out at all. I don't care what kind of person. But no one wanted to take the blame. Sure. So then the Americans passed the, the problem to the next person, the next person being the uh, Danish people, the Danish people go, I'm passing the problem. There's not even a problem here. They passed it to us. They can't be passing us a problem. Let's not even look into it. Let's let them go. And then after that, it's the, the, the dad and enabling like there's so many people involved in this it doesn't make one or the other the problem the sure the u.s was the first problem but then the danish people are just the biggest problem as them by letting it happen right if you trip yeah. over something and then don't pick up the thing you tripped over uh and then the next guy trips over it's not your fault it's both your fault for not fucking seeing it and moving it like i i i say it's the uh u.s yeah. U.S. government's fault for sure because yeah. uh, the only reason they let him out is because of overcrowding. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't for a good enough reason. And he's white. They they let him out. Just the color cause. of his skin is white, so that's why he was one of the ones chosen to get let go. Sorry, that's how it is. I I wish I knew how they actually died because I don't believe that he broke all three of their necks. That's no. stupid. But I mean, if he, if he had killed them in a way that was very bloody, and that would explain the blood then yes, there is the process of cleaning up and there is a mess to deal with. But if these were actually just like, you know, three people with their necks broken or whatever, the logical step, I think, unless you'd had this practice and this escalation before is to just toss them in the car and go and dispose of their bodies. Yeah, Yeah, it's suspicious, but you get rid of the bodies. You know, there's nothing to tie you to them. You get out of town, but he disposed of them and he was confident enough to stay. But this is in the 2000s, right? Uh, This was the year 2000. Right. So before that, there had been several serial killers who had went around and just dumped bodies, right? So he's looking for a more innovative way to get rid of the body so that there is no evidence. It was a weird level of confidence 100%. that you would think someone not used to killing should have. I would go the opposite way with that. I would say that if he was killing the sex workers uh, on the trip, that's when he had the confidence of now he's getting cockier. And that's, it's like what Ted Bundy said about like, at first you're all thinking about what happened at the end, you start forgetting that you had the tire, you left the tire iron behind. Right. So he's becoming more and more cocky. So he thinks he can get away with it by doing that because he already went through the steps of like being very cautious and he never got caught being cautious. But I, that's just me speculating if he killed the sex workers. If not, then you're, you're, what you're saying is completely true, too. Right, because he buried his mom in a sand dune and he got caught for that. Right? So he already tried to dispose of a body before and that didn't work out the way he... That's a good point, too. Obviously. So he had to come up with a new way to deal with how to 
remove said body without the evidence. But I assume he intended to get away with this for longer and have more time to go back and actually clean up better than he had been able to clean up in the short period of time between when they were discovered and when they died. And so there was, yeah, just like a level of confidence that I think he shouldn't have unless he was more comfortable with the process of disposing of bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. I, 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 it's, it's one of those things like, uh, it could go either way uh, from, in my opinion, like it could be that he was super cocky or that he was just super dumb. I don't know. Like, right. So were these bodies never found? Is that what, is that what's up? Yeah, no, they were never recovered. Holy shit. Oh my God. Okay. But he admitted to killing them. Yeah, he did. Well, he can, conf- he confessed in a way that he swung it as like this unavoidable, his defense lawyer really pushed for, well, this was just a fit of passion. This isn't who he is as a human being. Multiple times? I don't believe it. Yeah, but that's just it. It's like, okay, fine. You know what? Sure, maybe he does only kill people when he's in a fit of passion. But that's still too many times in your life if every time you're a passionate, right. yep. somebody dies. Yep. Yeah. It's it's a dumb defense because we've all been in fits of passion. Like hell, half the time I'm talking in this fucking podcast, it's fits of passion. You know what I mean? I'm not murdering anyone except for the fucking jokes. I, I, I wish I had a pew pew pew. Anyways. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> guys thanks so much for listening head on over to our facebook and instagram to join in on the conversations about all things unethical just search unethical podcast you can also find us on patreon where you can get access to all of our super awesome content uncut videos of our discussions and early release of all the episodes we are adding fun stuff all the time so you should definitely come and check it out thanks again we appreciate all of you Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, yeah, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Baby, I got your money. Hey, dirty.